For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Dear friends, as I look out from this pulpit tonight, and I attempt to visualize what's happened in your lives during the past weeks, I envision a couple walking from store to store days before even Halloween saying and they're playing Christmas music already. I envision a father rummaging through piles of boxes in the garage looking for those boxes that are clearly identified and marked as Christmas decorations so that he can get them out so that his family can decorate the tree which he hasn't yet found. I can envision the mother with two sick children running in the rain between clinic and store, spending late night hours, writing notes and cards, wrapping gifts, planning holiday meals, preparing clothes for Christmas programs at school or for church or for social Christmas parties at friends. I can envision children paging expectantly and excitedly through Christmas catalogs or browsing online and finding all sorts of toys that they then show to dad or to mom and they ask each other what in the world is a robo-sapien <laughs> or what in the world is a spider-sapien or who in the world is Dora the Explorer and why do all of these things take 10, 15 AA batteries to work? I can envision someone hanging up the phone and sadly saying to himself, they're not going to be able to be here for Christmas. I can envision someone else slowly and methodically hanging sentimental ornaments on the tree, remembering Christmas's past with someone who isn't here with them anymore. Just looking out at a group like us, can you understand the hundreds and even thousands of different experiences that have gone before a night such as this and bring us to a holy night such as this? An ongoing sequence of scenes, some of them light and cheery, others heavy and solemn, a whole variety of them. And yet there is that common thread that runs through them all, namely that we have in our day for sure gotten into this rushing madness of Christmas. Unless we think it's any different today than it was in the day when our Lord was first born, it might comfort and console us a bit to know that indeed it was into a rushing madness that our Lord Jesus first came. Into that same kind of rushing madness that the Christ child was first born. So rushed indeed were the scenes of that first Christmas Eve that there wasn't even room to be found for the Lord Jesus to be born in. So rushed that the carpenter Joseph didn't have time or the tools to build a simple cradle for his wife's first child, but borrowed instead the feed box of cattle that the child might have a place off the ground in which to spend his first night here on earth. So rushed that the folks hurrying by the stable on that first night in the overcrowded little town of Bethlehem because of taxation and registration didn't even notice the shrill cries of a young woman giving birth the first time. And like all of us rushing by nativity scenes in churchyards or perhaps nativity scenes in some courageous and brave department store, so too in that first Christmas Eve you can be sure 
that there were all kinds of folks that were rushing by the real thing. Not a scene of something that was, but the real thing, even as it was happening, missing indeed as they rushed by one of the world's greatest hours. It's into this rushing madness of ours that the Lord Jesus Christ comes. And he comes into our rushing madness still even today as he did then. Still to sinners such as us living out our lives in our sin-troubled world. He comes to a world at war with itself so evident no matter where we might go on this globe. He comes to a world that seems so much in a hurry to reach its twelfth hour. He comes to broken homes and he comes to hurting homes where people were so rushed that they couldn't take the time to love and to understand and to forgive one another. He comes to young minds in a hurry to grow up who then when they reach middle age look back and wonder where in the world their childhood went. He comes to old wounded warriors who bear on their wrinkled brows the battles of time. And he comes quietly and he comes silently tonight, today, as he came before to young and old alike, cradled now though differently, cradled now in the divine manger of his word that we hear, cradled now in the divine manger of his sacrament that we receive as his very body and blood is present in bread and wine. As Luther would say, cradled now differently than before, but he still comes to us, young and old alike. He didn't force himself on the townsfolk back then, but he was there only for those of faith to see. He doesn't force himself on city folk now, but is here for faith to see. And his messenger still, as the angels did back then, his messengers still in our day bid us to come unto him, even as the angels urged the shepherds, saying, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And even as the wise men from the east were led by the great light to the place where the holy child lay, so the special lights and the events of this night draw the curious from all over the place. And what do they find when they come drawn a little bit closer by the lights of it all? Why do they come? What's to be gained by all of these drawing lights? What's to be gained by the quickly fading beauty of this night? Is it only the closing scene of this busy season when the sacred and the secular merge to form some sort of a holiday? Is it little more than the final curtain that's drawn once again upon this time that we've come to call Christmas. What is this night to you? What is this night to you? Is it special because of what you do on it that's so different from other nights of the year? Or is it special to you because of what God did on a night like this so very long ago? What God did in becoming man, that he might be what we are, in order that we might be with him where he is. Quietly entering into the scene of man's rushing madness on earth to save us, as the ancient said, and we repeated earlier tonight, when all was still and it was midnight, your almighty word, O Lord, descended from his royal throne. And so he went silently 
from the rushing madness of Bethlehem to the greater madness of Jerusalem, where years later, with darkened minds, men would nail this quiet and holy sin-bearer to a tree. Thank him that he did. Divine sanity came from heaven above to earth below to this disturbed world, and we madly cried out, crucify him. And we crucified him. But the miracle of Christmas is that this Christ child was born just to do that, to die for you, to die for me, for us. There's but a short distance from the wood of the manger to the wood of the cross. And if all you see in the manger tonight is a little child, if in all of our rushing madness we quickly exit this night to leave this baby in the manger and we leave him there, for the rest of the year, and we don't see him grow into manhood, we don't see him mounted on a cross, and we don't see him carried limply to a borrowed tomb, and we don't see him by faith risen from the dead, then we too have missed the real meaning of Christmas. For Christmas is but the beginning of the story, the great story of God's love. And he who is content to leave this child in the manger tonight and to go back to everyday life without him is to be more greatly pitied than the man who never even knew that he was born. In him, St. John writes, was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in our darkness, and the darkness knew it not. He came to his own, and his own knew him not, St. John writes. But by God's grace, we do know who this infant in the manger is. By God's grace, we know that what this holy child grew up to do. By God's grace, we say amen to the angel who said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We say amen to the shepherds who said, Let us now go unto Bethlehem and see this great thing that has come to pass, which the angels have told unto us. We say amen to the wise men who came and said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. We say amen to the words of Simeon, taking that Christ child in his arms and saying, Lord, let us now, thou thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And with the blessed Virgin Mary, so overwhelmed by it all, we say amen. And we too treasure as she did in our hearts, and we ponder all of these magnificent things. In New York City, there was once a well-known physician. His name was Dr. John Rosen. He was particularly known for his unusual work with those who were severely and emotionally disturbed. Often doctors remain separate and aloof. Perhaps they have to at times to insulate and isolate themselves from the pain that they so often experience. But Dr. Rosen was quite different from that. He moved right into the ward with his patients. He placed his bed among their beds. He lived the life that they must live, and day by day he shared it. He loved them. If they didn't talk, he didn't talk. And even his silence then built this quiet bond of trust with his people, but he did something more. He held them. He held these troubled, confused, lost, and sometimes very unattractive people in his arms, and he loved them back into life and back into reality again. And often the first words that they would speak 
would simply be thank you. Simply thank you. And when you think about it, dear friends, in this Christmas Eve, that's exactly what God has done for us through Christ at Christmas. He beheld the rushing madness of our world, and rather than main, far and distant and aloof from it, he became what we are. And he lived among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. The sinless Son of God became the sin-bearer of all of the world. He placed his manger bed among ours. And he brought, by doing so, life and immortality to light. And those who saw him, and those who touched him, and heard him, left Bethlehem. They left Galilee. They left Calvary. And they were changed. They were reborn. They were renewed by it all. And the first word they spoke, I'm sure, was, Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for being born unto me. And he still holds us troubled and us confused and lost and often unattractive people in his arms today. And he loves us back to life again. In the next few moments to come, I would ask you to set aside all other thoughts of what's going to happen to you tonight or tomorrow. Clear your minds of the food and of the festivities and of all those other things, the gifts under your tree and even the people you love and think only of this holy child, this holy child born in the city of David, the Savior, which is indeed Christ the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.